welcome to Business of Design. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. The Business of Design podcast offers immediate, actionable strategies and a glimpse into some of the many field-tested, proven systems you can implement to transform your business and your life. After the show, head to businessofdesign.com and get started with the BOD 15-step project management strategy and six foundational programs. Together, they deliver the systems, procedures, and strategies you need to run a successful, highly profitable design business. There's no theory here. The complete BOD business model is yours through Business of Design membership. Business of Design. There's only one. And now, your BOD Advocate-in-Chief, Kimberly Selden. Well, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. Welcome to Business of Design, episode 311, The Right Vendor with Daniel House Club. Oh, we're going to talk about the right vendor, all right, in different categories, but we're also going to talk about how you are called on as an interior design professional to direct your client's spending. What should they splurge on? Where should they pull back? What's going to make the biggest difference in the room and what can you compromise on? So it's a good conversation. And boy, oh boy, the timing is right for this conversation. I just got back from Las Vegas Market and Cabus, had the most amazing time. And I just want to say thank you to so many of you who came up and said hello. I couldn't help but remember those early days of business of design where I would go to an event like that and no one knew who we were and we never knew anyone in the room. And now fast forward, so many people came up to say, hello, maybe you've been a long time member and I just haven't seen your face in a while. Maybe you've never been a member, you just listened to the podcast. And so we gave you a little push to come on and get with the real program. But it was so good to see everyone's face. And that's a joyful part of what we do, right? The fact that we have this big community of other interior design professionals who also love to do the very thing we love to do. But that does not negate, I guess I will say, the responsibility on our shoulders to direct our clients' budgets, to spend our clients' money wisely, And that's what we're going to talk about with Peter and Alex Spaulding of Daniel House Club. Yeah, they share a last name. They've been business partners for the last seven years, but before that they were brothers. So they know each other pretty well and they bring to the table a varied set of traits Peter is the right brain, Alex is the left, and thanks to an awesome team at Daniel House Club, they now help thousands of designers in U.S. and Canada with procurement for projects. I'm really glad to have them back on the show, and I'm really glad you're here. And now I'm going to be super happy to see Cheryl Horn's face. Hey, Cheryl, we missed you in Las Vegas. Oh, I know. I would have loved to have been there. It was awesome to get to see people at IDS, though. Toronto, that one I made it out to. Yeah, I guess bottom line, just being together face-to-face is so much more fun. I think we're all a little Zoom fatigued. Yeah, well, and you've gone to like from like event to event to event. So uh, a couple of quieter weeks, I guess, for you before you're at it again. Um, you know, back to virtual, we've got BOD Live coming up on February 22nd. We're going to be talking about um, vendors and asking our members to sort of share who they love and what they buy from them. 
That, of course, is all coming out of this conversation we're having with Daniel House Club, because I realized it is one of the things when we get together live with BOD members at the retreat, at the BOD elite retreat or at conferences, it's one of the things that comes up. Hey, you, where do you buy a great middle of the road sofa? Who's the manufacturer who makes the most comfortable swivel chairs? What's the best lighting fixture? So I think that'll be a really good conversation. And we're looking for everybody who shows up to tell us some of your favorite vendors. And for those of you who are not yet in the habit of buying wholesale, maybe we'll have a conversation about how that can impact profitability and why it's an important element of your buying procurement package that you deliver to clients. Perfect. And again, that VOD live conversation is going to come up on February 22nd. So uh, if you're a member, you're going to receive uh, the instructions to join right to your inbox. If you're not yet a member and want to become part of that conversation, uh, please join us. And then uh, right after that, I don't know how shortly, maybe a couple of days, you're headed to Australia. I'm going to Australia? Oh, didn't I tell you that? (laughs) Check your calendar. Can you see the suitcase behind me over here on the bed? I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to pack for uh, two days of live events with Business of Design. And you know, all the designers, they're always looking gorgeous and chic. And, you know, I'll have to have proper shoes and look like a human being. And then I'm spending time snorkeling at the Great Barrier Reef and hiking in Clumber. I don't even know where it is, but I'm going there. We're flying to Brisbane. We're hiking in (laughs) Clumber. And then I'm off to Bali for a yoga retreat. So I'm trying to figure out how I'm supposed to fit all this in a carry-on. Yeah. Well, and it's about time. This is like the Bali retreat that was what, three years ago that that got canceled and you finally get to go. I'm excited for you. 2020. Yeah. So I'll tell you all about it. If you're, if you're dying to go on a great retreat, I love this company because they held our entire money and transferred it to 2023 for us with no penalties, which is just so wonderful. Anyway, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that's exciting. So uh, if you're going to join us for the, the BOD seminars, the BOD 15 that's happening, that's March 6th and 7th. Registration is still open, uh, but space is limited. So make sure you sign up for that. We'd love to see you. It's going to be exciting for you guys to do BOD 15 live. Yes, it's been a little while, said, sort of boot camp version. Exactly. And you said, if you're going to join us. And I'm thinking like, what do you mean if? Come on out. I'm climbing all the way to Sydney. It's a long flight and I'm so keen to be there and wrap my arms around Jody Carter and some of our other BOD members, Genevieve Wild is going to be there. Mary Lou Sobel is going to be there. I mean, there's just too many to name, but yeah. looking forward to it. Come on out, uh, get yourself a new tribe and be part of the business of design success stories that are happening all over the world. I'm really, really excited yes. about being in mm-hmm. Sydney again. Yeah. So registration details are on the website and that's being hosted at Boyd Blue in Sydney. So Tickets are $23.95 for anyone to join. But of course, if you're a member, you're going to save $200. So it's $21.95 member pricing. That is for two very full, intense days of learning. And we are also working on a little bit uh, of a special evening, hopefully on one of those days. So we're looking forward to that. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. Please do come out. I'm really looking forward to coming to Sydney. And I want to bring enough fun little BOD swag to cover everybody in the audience. So get signed up as quickly as possible. I'm going to mail a big box to Sydney before I leave. 
And then, of course, you're headed to High Point in April. That one's a little further off, uh, but we're excited to be going back to High Point as well. You'll be speaking on April 24th. Yes, we're talking about, what are we talking about? Payday. Payday. You should get one. You should have one. You should be enjoying that. <laughs> yes, we'll be doing It's Payday, April 24th, 11 a.m. Uh, head to the website for details. Make sure you register for market. I think that's just opened up as well. But um, but attendance at High Point will be free. But you do have to be registered for market. Don't forget that. Right. That's right. And come come to think of it, I actually do need to get a flight and get a hotel room because sometimes that's a big deal, figuring out where to stay in High Point. Yeah, it's it's a busy place. That, yes. that week yes, it, it just is. booms. Yeah. And then I'm really excited because when we leave High Point, we will be driving to uh, South Carolina, to Charleston for a BOD boss meeting which is going to be a live face-to-face meeting, which is going to feel so good. And I'm excited and eager to see what the boss group has been up to and where they are and how much they've grown since the launch of that group in October. So if you're thinking about accelerating your growth, definitely consider a boss group. We are launching a new one this year. We'd love to have you be part of it. Yeah, now is definitely the time to apply for that. So right in the main navigation on businessofdesign.com, you're going to find Boss. So all the details are there. And of course, reach out to me if you've got any questions. Of course. And thank you so much, Cheryl. (laughs) Thanks. Talk to you soon. All right. Those of you who remember Alex and Peter from previous episodes, you're wondering why on earth would they be back so soon after the last one? Well, it's because we've become such good friends and you guys just came to Toronto for IDS and you went to one of my favorite restaurants, Allo. How was it? It was just terrible. No, it was <laughs> it was amazing. It was really good. Uh, if you're in Toronto, check it out. Uh, apparently, Kimberly's friend used to work there. Uh, she doesn't anymore. But yes. uh, it's small, uh, intimate, really good. They have a wine pairing menu. The wine was excellent. The food was excellent. Very hard ice- to get a table. And it's a Michelin starred restaurant now. Toronto finally got its Michelin stars like 109 years later. They just gave yeah. out like, I don't know, 40 of them or something. So I don't even know yeah. if that's a thing anymore. But I no, do know that awesome. Daniel House Club is a thing. And it, you guys are doing great. Business is good. And designers are finding you and exploring all you have to offer. And we got into a conversation when you guys were in Toronto about the challenge of helping clients dispense their budgets strategically. It's like sometimes you just have a client and they can't spend a million dollars. So you have to kind of convince them what's worth spending on, what's not worth spending on. And you guys are seeing that as well. Yeah, I mean, I think we saw it all the time when we ran our own design firm. Uh, we kind of had to figure out what was going to really excite the client, what was most important to them, and then sort of, I wouldn't say let the other things fall by the wayside, but just not <laughs> yeah. engage with them. You definitely need a sofa, but forget the bed. Yeah, <laughs> No exactly. one needs a bed anymore. No, That's an old uh, idea. What I, what I mean is, <laughs> I think invariably people, their lives are most impacted by like the actual space. So if you, if you have a small budget and the space isn't working for me, that's what I always needed to do first, as opposed to specify like the nicest plumbing, plumbing fixtures on the planet. Like no client seems to come 
saying I need a $1,600 faucet. They say, you know, change my life. And that faucet probably isn't the way to do it. Um, but then in our own business, one thing that we encounter, and we're always trying to add new vendors, uh, but we have to be pretty judicious about what vendors, designers are actually going to be excited about because onboarding a new vendor takes weeks and weeks and weeks of time. So we have to kind of look at the full collection and see, is it actually going to make the designer's life better? Is there a lot that they can specify from it? We actually, when we built Daniel House, I think I've said this story a little bit in the past, but it came out of a big project we were doing where the client absolutely could afford, afford really expensive things. And sometimes he wanted them and sometimes he didn't. And we got to the end of the project and didn't really have carpet or rugs uh, that he was like, yep, I'm definitely going to buy those. And he just went on Wayfair and bought his own. They looked like the cover of a Lisa Frank folder from the 90s. Oh, and they were- <laughs> my gosh. My mouth is wide open for those of you who can't see us, which is everybody who's listening. Really? Yes, it was. They were everything in the house looked excellent, and then these bright purple, like swirly, I don't know, hundred dollar rugs in a nine million ruined, right? I mean, it's not like oh, everything looks good except for that carpet. People walk in and go, "Whoa, what happened here?" Yeah, totally. So we were really mindful, like picking the vendors when we first started out, and still are. Is like we need high low. We need the ability. We wanted at that point, like, oh, if we had just like. I don't care if it's cheap, but it could have been better. And if I had a link, I could just send to him and buy these. He would have been happier. Uh, and we, everybody would have been happier because purple swirls is never what you should pick for a rug. Um, well, yeah, purple say- swirls are just wrong. Yes. Period. Yes. The best part of that whole situation was that he led us through the house and complimented our work as if we had also picked out those rugs. So uh, it's kind of tragic. See, that's really painful. But see, that's a a business of design thing where you don't want to lose control of the project. You want to go all the way to the end of the project, right? And because you understand that philosophy, you're also, and because you have clients, I mean, there's nothing that can train you uh, to work with interior designers more than being an interior designer who has actual clients and an actual budget, right? Yeah. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. So we still do, uh, uh, really consider events like that, uh, budgets like that when we're adding, uh, vendors. So we have, you know, we just added Theodore Alexander, which, uh, has excellent pieces, but you, a client, even a wealthy one's probably not going to put them in their basement. So we have, uh, Sunpan and Nuvo, which offer, you know, excellent things as well, but uh, a little bit more affordable and, and a, a wide variety to fit all sorts of project needs, uh, or even rooms that have different budgets from, you know, floor to floor. We've never done this on the podcast before, but, but this is an interesting thought. Is there a hierarchy of product? products or suppliers in terms of from low to high. Can you tell us what those are? Because we do sometimes get members who, who say, I'm looking for middle, middle of the road. I need you know a sofa that's middle of the road. And I kind of struggle to figure out what that might be. Yeah. I think that in itself means different things to different people too. You know, you, you meet a client who thinks that for a sofa is outlandish. And then you meet a client who thinks that's 
that's a low end so 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 fun. So um, I would say. Well, let's asking? put it this way then. Who are your vendors who, because I know, for example, Sunpan, we, we've worked with Sunpan before. Who are the vendors that are a, really an entry point, great value that can help you stretch your budget? Let's put it that way. Eurostyle is like the best budget stretching, I think. They do fairly nice um, reproductions and their own takes on... Um, a good range of mid-century furniture, um, and they're nice. They're, they're good-looking. They're well-constructed, uh, and I wouldn't go to them for something that you're going to be sitting on all the time, but they're a good filler option and very affordable. I keep trying make trying to make sure Eurostyle doesn't learn that because their prices are really good, and they actually make surprisingly nice things. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm very surprised. The other one I would say, and it's a it's more expensive, but it's um, than Eurostyle, but it's still really good. Is Nouveau? Uh, they're Canadian. I actually think they're manufacturing is next door to Sunpan uh, in just outside of Toronto. Their, their sofas are really comfortable. Um, they're not very expensive. I think they're usually in the two to $4,000 range. Uh, and they're usually kind of fun colors. And, you know, they're not stale. Yeah, they have a very workable palette. Um, and it's easy to specify their stuff. And no purple swirls. So that's no, good. I like that. Who, who then, on the opposite side of the spectrum, where would you say are some of the bigger ticket suppliers those those suppliers you might go to if you're looking for an item that's going to be a splurge well um like i was saying onboarding a vendor takes tons and tons and tons of time so we have to be pretty smart about who we try to add we're currently working on adding thercoggin um which is just you know absolutely beautifully produced um uh they would be a go-to and they do kind of, you have working on a sort of contemporary or um, modern style of project. Although I think their pieces are variable enough that you can drop them in, in a variety of styles. Um, and those are, you know, running more like twenty thirty thousand $30,000 if you're putting together a sectional Um uh, Theodore Alexander is the other one that we um, rely on a lot. We do a lot of work with Bunny Williams, and she makes beautiful upholstery. Um, and there's, you know, with those level, you get so much more uh, ability to specify an almost entirely custom piece if you want. And all three of those are pretty good at somewhat automating that process so it doesn't really bog you down and create more hours of work for the designer to to get that specified we also on the lighting side we do have Hudson lighting and i'm not going to say the name of a vendor we're working on adding but it is something that uh people would be very very excited about and it is pretty high end uh i don't want to over promise right now because it's been a bumpy road but i think we will have uh, almost certainly the vendor you're thinking of in lighting uh, available in about two months. That's exciting. I love that. And then what would you say are some good like middle of the road? And I, and again, like you make such a good point that this is all relative to what your level of comfort is, what your client's level of comfort is, but in terms of your vendors, because a lot of people 
who are starting out or don't have relationships with these vendors really don't even know where to start when they're sourcing for a project. So who are those good, like, you can really rely on these, there's going to be some great value items, and then there's going to be some splurges, but these tend to be in the middle of the pack. I think for designers, kind of the benchmark for middle of the road definitely goes above that sometimes, but it is for hands. People, people love them. It's comfortable. Uh, it's usually pretty, pretty, um, stylish, especially if you live in the South where it's very stylish. Uh, after that, we've got, um, some more modern things. So menu, uh, is a Danish, uh, company and they have really good, middle-of-the-road priced modern items. I will admit I have a menu sofa. It is not comfortable, um, but it looks really nice. And we've sat on other pieces that are comfortable. So it's yeah. just like you're not universally guaranteed that it's... I would definitely recommend them for case goods. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And But I just want to interject there. I have a client who insisted on a cloud sofa from RH, and it was leather. Had to be... It was for his, like, man cave. I tried to talk him out of it. I said, none of my clients think these are ultimately very comfortable. Like, you can't sit up. It's great if you want to sleep, but I don't think it's going to work. <laughs> anyway, you know how expensive those are. They're, they're not inexpensive. This is a big old leather sectional. They've had it less than a year. He hates it. It's going to his office and they want another sofa. So even even that, right, even a company that generally makes a pretty comfortable sofa can can be not the right fit for your body. Yeah, yes, yes, absolutely. Well, in your case, at least he's the one who was driving that and really wanted it. Well, I had to bite my tongue really hard. Actually, the meeting with this was this morning because I actually told him he shouldn't buy it a couple of times pretty firmly. And I made a couple of recommendations, even a recommendation from RH. Um, if you love RH, here's another sofa they do that's really comfortable. Like, no, 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 no. So anyway. Yeah. Um, what is I? We just were looking at another. Oh, essentials for living. We do nice business yeah. with, and they're easy, very easy on the eyes. Um, and I say that like good looking, but fits into a lot of different types of aesthetics too. I think. Yeah, I was uh, gonna say. So I said forehands middle skews kind of above middle. The other one that's middle skews a little below middle is Moe's. Uh, it's got kind of a silly name. Sounds like a sounds like it might not be that nice. But Moe's Home Collection, very comfortable sofas, um, fairly nice case goods, and uh, they've got a table there that I've actually had my eye on for a while, but it is too big for my house. So. <laughs> Pointless. Can't have it. Uh, I don't, but I really, I'm not familiar with them. Okay, so I'm gonna, I will check them out for sure. And, yeah. you know, what do you say to the designers who are going to be proposing items from these vendors, having purchased them through you, about how to assess how comfortable they are? Are there any tips and tricks for, for designers to verify whether or not something's comfortable and then be able to relay that information to clients? So, a couple. First off, we do get calls all the time or emails, and feel free to call and email us asking us if we've sat in them. We, Peter and I, do go to a lot of the shows, and we will go sit up and down and up and down on everything we possibly can. and Try to take actual written notes about how pieces feel. Yeah, Um, and then assess that against kind of criteria for comfort. So not as we were talking about with the cloud sofa, not all comfort's the same. So like if... Is it something that sits you upright, but is still comfortable? 
that will say that, or is it a deep lounger that would be great for movies? Um, so when I'm on the phone with somebody, I usually will ask them, comfortable for what? Um, and try to get to know that. The other is because we're very upfront on basically every page you look at a product about where the vendor is, once you get to know the vendor, they often are seating fairly similar to one another. So you can kind of look at, you know, okay, is it deep? Is it not? Is it from Moe's or is it from menu? Uh, how is it going to sit? And you can pretty easily, figure, fairly reliably figure that out once you've got a good understanding of how that vendor makes their furniture. And I never remember the ratios, but it's very Googleable, And I do this all the time when I'm starting a project um, or working on a project. Uh, there are actually like, so if the sofa deck is 17 inches high, then you, you don't want a super deep thing. And if the sofa deck is 16 inches high, then you know that it's okay that it's a little bit deeper. So there are actually, if, if we're providing the dimensions, there are actual sort of target numbers that do make ergonomic sense, which I think is why the cloud sofa, though very captivating sort of falls out of that because ergonomically it does not really anybody's body. Um, (laughs) No, but they've sold like a billion of them. Like honestly, right? When something looks like it's just going to be incredibly comfortable, you kind of want to almost need to buy it, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And actually going back to what the vendor is, I can't believe I forgot. Um, Uttermost Revelation, really good middle of the road. I actually have a Revelation sofa uh, that is, I would recommend for two reasons. On the comfort side, it's kind of cloud-esque as in it's quite deep, but it comes with lumbar pillows so you can sit upright. Also, it has a double-sided cushion. So one side's firm and one side's soft and you can flip it over depending on what kind of seat you'd like. Oh my gosh, that is so smart. Why? I wonder why that has not been something we've done from the beginning. Yes, I don't, I don't either. And I will say they don't actually market it that way. So maybe it's not intended, but it is factual. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing. Well, we kind of went down a rabbit hole here, but I do think this is interesting. When we did the last business of design elite retreat, the designers who came were asking each other, who do you use for this? And what vendor do you use for this? And who do you like for this? And I thought, wow, that's something we've never really explored. So that's, that's good to know. So thank you for that. And then in terms of, so that's kind of the hierarchy of vendors. Here's some entry level in terms of value and pricing suppliers. Here's some of the splurges. Here's a good middle of the road. What do, what about clients? Is there a hierarchy as you're working with clients of where you always encourage them to spend money and where you think they can pull back? You know, I try to help everyone pick the most quality sofa that they can possibly buy. Um, because I think that's the one piece or pieces that you cannot sacrifice. You buy them way less than you buy new cars and you sit on them all the time. So I, I try to make that never a piece that's sacrificed. Uh, then you might have the client who wants a piece of sculpture as their coffee table, something really incredible. And then you have a client who just wants to put their feet on it. Uh, maybe some, you have a client who wants a sculpture and they want to be able to put their feet on it. Um, but I think You want too much. You want too much. (laughs) I think those things that you aren't necessarily, your whole body is not interacting with. Those are things where you can sometimes specify looks 
super like the super high quality. Right. Um, so I would say upholstery always top getting the space correct, always top. Right. Uh, then I think you can sort of filter down. I had clients this morning and they are, uh, they're living in this huge, huge house, which they are going to tear down and build another huge, huge house. But in the meantime, they want to be there comfortably. So essentially we're kind of doing a fast and I don't know what you would call it, you know, dash to styling where they have some furniture and things to sit on. Anyway, they said they didn't want to spend a lot of money on their bedding for the primary bedroom because the kids jump on it and they get cereal on it and they spill things on it. So I said, could we at least, they said, just go to Ikea and do the bedding. And I'm like, seriously? Like, wow. Okay. How about this? What if we get really nice sheets so that what's touching your body is lovely and luxurious. <laughs> yeah. And then everything on top can be Ikea. How about that? And they're like, yeah, okay, that's okay. <laughs> right? Like sometimes you just don't think through. Like if you're going to be on a sofa all the time, right, watching Netflix, then you've got to have a comfortable sofa. If you're going to be sleeping every night, you've got to have the best possible mattress and sheets and pillows, right? And then maybe you save money on end tables, you save money on... Lighting is a category where I think you can save a lot of money these days. There's really good looking lighting at every price point. I absolutely agree with that. And not everything has to be hardwired in. Like I think the table lamp is underappreciated. You can find a beautiful and a table lamp for not a lot of money and it creates a, a nice glow. The other area to me is I like very high quality rugs, but um, they're so, so expensive. I mean, sometimes they could be a person's entire budget. So I think it's okay um, to specify things like a quality size hole or, um, and throw an area rug over the top of it. Um, I think your rug does not necessarily need to be the most fantastic thing in the room either. Yes, um, but if you put the wrong rug in, like you're oh, crazy, for sure. yeah. it's over, yeah. it's ruined, yeah. it's destroyed. And I well, just want to give a, what, what? No, I mean, that's why I say something super basic. It's kind of hard to wreck everything. Yeah, know? yeah. I have to also give a shout out to table lamps because I often think the lighting that we put into rooms, all this pot, pot lights, I call them hag lights because they make everybody look tired and they cast shadows under your eyes and stuff. And I think a table oh, lamp you like takes 10 years off you. Like get some <laughs> floor lamps, get some table lamps, put some light Make in it a little face. dimmer in there. Yeah. <laughs> Dimmers on everything. Hello. Yes. Dim it. Dim it. Yeah. I had a professor who taught me all about classical architecture and we would tour these great big New York buildings that were built, you know, in 1900 and they'd have beautiful coffered ceilings. And then right in the middle of a rosette would be a pot light. And, um, (laughs) He would he would walk in and he goes, ah, yes, the pot light people have been here. Uh, yes, exactly. Yeah. Looks like an airplane hangar, right? Yeah. It's just like, good. oh, come on. Anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't uh, get me started. Understanding where to put the money, I think, is 
important for all of us. And I think it becomes even more important if there's a turn down in the economy. We've all had this super accelerated economy for the last three years. I don't, I, I'm assuming it's across the board. It's like 2006, seven and eight was just like a license to print money. But of course that ends and it gets back to something more realistic. And I think we're going to start having these conversations with clients again about where can we pull back. And so I would rather be the person who advises them on where to pull back rather than let tell them allow them to tell me where to pull back if that makes sense yeah yeah it's a great way to build trust too with even like don't look at your client like they are a bank that wants to give you money uh they're excited to have a, a beautiful home but they want to keep their money. That's probably how they got a lot of it is they became pretty good at keeping it. And it's a great way to build trust and having a couple things that aren't outrageous or reusing things they already have. We went back to a client uh, last week and said, a few of the items that we picked for you are now on sale. And, you know, I didn't have to do that. They've already bought them and we already have our markup in there, et cetera, et cetera. But I just thought, why not give them a little break? And it amounts to, you know, the thousand dollars here, a thousand dollars there. We we lose a little bit of money, but we gain so much in the trust department. They were so appreciative. And um, I think just always managing your integrity is really, really important. And I know that you guys are committed to that as well, which is one, only one of the reasons I love Daniel House Club. But tell me what's new for you guys. What's the future looking like? We have so much uh, in the future, which is great. Uh, I'll start. Actually, maybe we can go over some uh, features and vendors. Features is a nice way to go into this because you're talking about going to a client and telling them it's on sale. We, I want to make uh, sure everybody knows if people, if designers have ideas for features, we take those really seriously. Uh, one that we are working on, it's not out yet, uh, is updates to let designers know when items they have already saved uh, do go on sale. Uh, so that's helpful. Designers have asked for that. Um, but we have a lot of new features, a lot of new board management tools that make it easier to archive boards or remove products, um, make it easier to share with your client. And we're working on a bunch more of those. So if you've got more, now's the time to send them in because we're under a big uh, web renovation process. This is the tiniest thing ever. But yes, Alex briefly mentioned it. We have a trash button now on our boards. It used to be that you had to take like three clicks to get rid of a product on your board. And now it goes away immediately. That's not a small small thing. That's a big thing, right? I I always love when I'm working with trades, I love owner operated trades because I feel like they're so invested in making sure that the client, which is me, is going to be happy at the end of the day. And that's what's great about you guys too. You're saying, reach out to us, tell us, and we're going to hear you and we're still improving our product. So I I think that that's not a small thing. Yeah. And actually with that, we, um, we have now a client advisory board that meets once a quarter. So we have how many? Eight, Eight eight, Eight of our clients and it's a, a range some of them are the biggest biggest purchasers but some of them are new young designers they uh, meet with us and kind of tell us what they're enjoying about the platform and then tell us what they would love to see so um, that's been really helpful because sometimes there are things that we think are really important that maybe a designer feels isn't as important yeah, uh, we're, we also uh, love feedback on vendors. Uh, vendor, as Peter's indicated, do, do vendors 
do take a long time to get added. Uh, but over 2023, our goal is doubling. So we have 120 right now. We want to have about 250 by the end of the year. Uh, with which would also mean we have about 110,000 products um, right now. We'll have a little over 200,000 by the end of the year. Uh, we get asked probably 10 times a day for new products, uh, and we take those really seriously. That's really important. Uh, our promise is to be the quickest place to find and buy what you're looking for. So to do that, we need to have a lot more things. We do our best to vet them, make sure they're good for designers, and we'll help you reach those project goals. Uh, we, I think we've already mentioned both of these, but we did just add iCult's Peter Alexander. Uh, and actually, I think like five little ones that I do not have. <laughs> now that we're over 120, I'm really having a hard time keeping track of what they are. Well, our backlog is getting quite significant, too. Have you ever seen um, Father of the Bride? Yeah, of course. You know how they're staying in their in-law's house and they have those huge, like, Great Danes or whatever that decide to climb up <laughs> off the bed? And Diane Eaton is like why don't you just lift them off? And he's like, are you nuts? Um, that's how, like, we when we had our first client advisory meeting, this woman was giving great feedback, and she was like, but I just don't understand why you wouldn't have all the vendors that I shop from. And I was, <laughs> I was lifting these dogs up. I was like, yes, I don't understand why we don't either. Um, yeah. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a process. Uh, so it's a process. It is, but look how far point. you've come, which is amazing. So far. Uh, thank you for recognizing that. It feels Sometimes it feels like we haven't come very far, but we really, really have. Um, the other big thing is because we're doing all of this, uh, because we're actually growing pretty quickly uh, in basically every area, members, uh, vendors, products, revenue, uh, we still have a lot more uh, to build more systems that will make this uh, run more seamlessly in the back end, more customer support on the front end, uh, more technology, technolo <laughs> that's a hard word to say right now, technology, technology development. Uh, <laughs> we are also um, raising funds this year. Uh, we have decided to avoid kind of going into venture capital, which makes it pretty hard to keep control over exactly what we want to do, mm -hmm. uh, sure we can stay designer focused. So we are doing a crowdfunding raise with our customers, with friends and family, with our vendors, uh, which is going live and uh, actually will be live by the time this podcast goes out. So February 3rd. And uh, we're really excited about that, about designers having a chance to not only be able to pick up the phone to tell us what to do, but be part owners so they can now demand that we do what we what they want us to do. Uh, within we, reason. Within reason. Yeah. <laughs> Bring me a cappuccino. Wait a minute. Do, are there other... I, I don't know that I'm familiar with another company that has done that, like open the door to be an investor. It, maybe I'm just naive. Is that? Are there other companies that you can think of that have done that in home design? Not in home design. Home design, I don't know. Amazing. Well, as you know, I'm a big fan and I'm wishing you guys nothing but success and we'll have to figure out the next city we meet in uh, yes. because it was, it's always great to be together in person. I love that. 
We love that too. It's super fun to see you and hopping around in New York, Toronto, the glamorous lifestyle. (laughs) (laughs) I will say it was super fun because we have listened to a lot of your podcasts, but I've never gotten to see, I don't know, like the whole Kimberly show. And it was, I actually learned a ton. So um, it was pretty exciting. Oh yeah. They were, I noticed you guys were in there. We had a big group at IDS and I was, oh, I forget oh, the topic was payday. It's payday. And, um, you know, we had an enthusiastic crowd who was like, yeah, ready to go out there and make more money. So that was great. Yeah. And, um, everybody, if you haven't tried down your house club yet, honestly, give them a try. Danielhouse.club. That's we would love if you would like to own a piece of Daniel House dot club we would love for you to our goal this year is to raise eight hundred thousand dollars we have been doing a really good job of serving our clients but we want to do an excellent job and we we need a little bit of help to to get to the next level so check us out at wefunder.com slash daniel house club Amazing. Thank you guys so, so much. You know, we end every episode with design intervention. So one last bit of advice, something for that interior design professional who's just hanging on your every word. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I can, um, oh wait, no, you were going to tell a story. Weren't you? Oh yeah. Okay. So this piece of advice is sort of, uh, design and business focused. So it's about staying really clear about what your offerings to your clientele are. And um, I have just a couple of anecdotes on the really reasonable. And I have frequently been asked to do clients gardens also, right? um, which is really cool. And, uh, you know, something I'm always thinking about, I'm thinking about how does the environment outside interact with what's happening inside? And because you want to tell this complete story, but I'm not a horticulturist. Um, I'm not a trained landscaper. So there have been a few instances where I have designed outside uh, structures. That part has been fine. But then I've been asked to consult on all of the planting. And there have been times when I've said yes. And how dumb was that? Because I'm then liable for all of that stuff. And the, and unlike furniture, plants die. And uh, it's like really a big mistake. So just staying focused and saying, you know what, we need another partner to serve you in that part of the project is probably the way to go there. That's uh, it. Yeah. You should definitely have a landscaper on your A-team for sure. But yeah, good for you. I totally know what you mean. Um, the other, uh, tiny thing is more like I have been on a job site where I'm popping in and a client has been like, Oh, would you mind stopping by the mailbox down the corner to drop off my DNA test for 22, 23 and me. (laughs) And that is not part of my job. I don't have time for that. The answer should probably be no. Yeah. We, learned a lot doing that and you know part of part of it is you, you want to be friendly and you want to there's a lot of stuff you want to try but at the end of the day you're a better designer if you feel really confident in what you do um and you're going to get pulled in a lot of directions that you're suddenly realize you're terrible at and that's going to make you question all the other things and you won't be as confident so learning to say no to things even when the they might be interesting or even when they might pay really well is really, really important. And we've taken that into our, uh, our business and tried to make that really simple for both for our customers and for ourselves. Like 
a lot of our VCs, a lot of VCs we've talked to, and part of the reason we decided not to go that route is because they were like constantly saying, oh, are you going to sell to consumers? Have you looked at the consumer market yet? Or what about this market? And we're like, no, that's not what we do. We, sure, it's a huge market, but we'd have to change our whole business structure. We'd upset our customers. We'd lose our credibility, and it just doesn't make sense. Say no, can we, oh, go ahead. No, it's also why we have the tiers that we have, the 30, 40, 50% off, because um, we want to be clear, like what we're doing is providing a designer a reasonable trade discount and they know what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no kind of nebulousness to that. Yeah. And saying no and getting comfortable saying no can be really empowering. It can feel good. It can feel right. It, but it can be scary. So yeah, thank you for that pep talk. You guys, I am just really confident you are going to take Daniel House Club to the next level and I'll be, I'll be there. I'm looking forward to it. Great. Thank you, Kimberly. Yeah, it's really fun to get to know you over uh, the last 18 months or year or so. And it's fun to be back on the podcast. Thanks for having us. And you're never going to Aloe without me again. That's just wrong. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you'll be there next time. Thanks for listening and supporting the BOD mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. If you're ready to implement an exact business model for running a streamlined, profitable business, field tested by thousands of design professionals around the world, head to businessofdesign.com and get started today. It's time to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. 